Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to a special edition of Red Alert. And this time, people, it's over Christmas. It's Red Alert for December. Now, yes, it is December. We're not quite into January, but the Reds do trot out early in the new year, don't they? On New Year's Day in the evening against Newcastle. So now seemed the perfect time to reflect on a mental month. And I'm pleased to say, speaking of mental, I've got the two usual guests with me. So first of all, we'll go to the uh, the stats and probably the most mental of the two. Mark, how are we? Did we have a nice Christmas? Lovely Christmas, mate. Yeah, feeling good. Looking forward to this crazy month to talk about. Nice. And speaking of the man who works on feelings and not facts, Jamesy, how are we? I'm very well, Dave. Thank you very much. Love the introduction. He's on his vibe already. So... Ladies and gents, we could just sign off with Liverpool, Liverpool, top of the league. However, there is the usual stuff to analyse. We'll look back of the results in December and Christ, there was a lot of games and it doesn't get any quieter in January, which we'll talk about. We'll talk about the normal off the field matters as people head to the Pacific Cup, people head to the AFCON. Will people come in through a window? Who knows? And we'll give our predictions for the coming month as normal. I mean... Gents, Christ, it feels like I'm going to sound like a video printer when I reel off December's, you know, results, everything that happens for a minute. But a Fulham at home 4-3 win, Sheffield United away 2-0, Palace away 2-1, Union SG, Christ, most people have forgotten that one, haven't they? Away in the Europa, 2-1 defeat, United 0-0, most people wish they could forget that one. West Ham at home in the Carabao, 5-1, Arsenal a draw in that big game, and then the result the other night is a 2-0 win away at Burnley. I mean, I'll come to you, first of all, Mark, because James couldn't bother his arse for November time. So we predict to drop points differently. 
when you look back, we again, funnily enough, we weren't exactly 100%, but how do you actually feel about that month or the month of December now we're looking back? Yeah, it was an amazing month, really. When I kind of sat down and had a real deep think about where we are and how we find ourselves, I I, uh, I think that month basically had everything that I like and hate about football all at once. It had some incredible games, which we'll, we'll get into. It had some insanely good goals from Liverpool. It had some terrible decisions from referees. It had some kind of... The modern day decisions you you sometimes get now in refereeing along, you know, the sort of handballs and VARs and all these different frustrations that us fans find. Um, And it had some, you know, an exciting cup game, a month where we find Liverpool top of the league at the end of it, uh, albeit with Arsenal having a game in hand. It was just incredibly exciting delightful, exhausting, frustrating. It had so much in the month. Uh, if if we kind of go into the games one by one, the first one was an incredible match. It was the 4-3 against Fulham. Four of the best goals you will ever see in one match by any team. We had Trent's free kick, McAllister's thunderbolt, uh, Endo's curled top corner effort, which was just beautiful and kind of unexpected from, from the man. And then a sort of Gerrard-like moment from Trent where he lashes one in to to send us victorious um, Sheffield United. A little more routine. That was the one that uh, we we talked a lot about that in the November pod is maybe Mm. one we were frightened of. And it it turned out to be less of a worry than I I think we both expected. Um, Kind of routine, the end Van Dijk slots uh, early on and uh, Saboslai wraps it up for us later on after a great... Ball from Nunes, uh, Palace next. The third game that was in just six days, basically, which is mental. I mean, it really is. It's asking so much over that Christmas period. We uh, we narrowly narrowly win that one. Salah gets his two hundredth goal in a massive moment. Um, Allison was back in nets. That was huge for us in that game. I don't know if you remember that. He had that absolutely incredible save early on in the game where it like comes up off the post and he manages to sort of claw it out. Uh, and then Harvey Elliott wins it for us late on with with kind of a coming-of-age moment for Harvey. I think he's divided opinion in, uh, in this. I think we all kind of agree he's been coming on and making an impact in most games. We've been waiting for a few bigger moments or better 90 minutes from him. But that getting that key goal in that big moment, that felt like a real meaningful thing, in my eyes at least. Uh, next up was, the, I guess, the least important game of the month, the USG game. Uh, we, we effectively played the kids there. Uh, a few nice moments nonetheless, though we got Kwanzaa with a nice equaliser, which he certainly deserved after having the previous one chopped off. I don't know if you remember that. Mm. Um, Jordan's also got to captain the side for the game, which was really nice for him. Uh, a few disappointing goals. We we looked pretty open. Um, but, I mean, how much can you take from that, you know, when ultimately it was the kids? Uh, West Ham in the Cup next. That was... Uh, that was an amazing, uh, amazing game, really. In fact, no, sorry, it was United next, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, c- tried to forget it, haven't been able to. <laughs> nice. uh, really disappointing game, the United one. Uh, really frustrating. We didn't play well by kind of any standard, really. 
We weren't good in any department. We didn't look like scoring. It was a really frustrating one uh, all over. Then on to the West Ham one, which was the opposite, actually, at Anfield again, just a few days after that one. Uh, I know you actually, you went to the, the three in the week there, Dave, uh, the United, West Ham, and then the Arsenal to come. This one, surely the one you enjoyed most of the three of those. Uh, yeah. Fabulous goals for, for Liverpool again. Uh, Sabozlai got us off and running with a beautiful strike, really was technique of the highest order. Uh, Jones with a nice one to get us 2-0 up at the back post. Really calm, composed finish from him. Gakpo lashed one in there from outside the box to make it three. A uh, bit of a disappointing moment for Kwanzaa, if you if you want to call it disappointing, uh, as Bowen kind of gets round them and scores a lovely goal uh, to make it 3-1. Uh, Trent uh, with a beautiful long ball for Salah, drives all the way in and uh, puts it to... Puts it to bed, really, for the night. If there was any hope for them coming back into it, that killed it. That came just after Salah had missed one of his uh, worst misses you will ever see from Mo Salah as it comes back off the post from a nice strike off Darwin. And then the night really capped off by watching Curtis Jones dribble in and out of the entire West Ham defence and burying one into the left corner. A really beautiful goal from Jones. Uh, and just an excellent night for the club, really, on to the semi-final. Uh, we get drawn with Fulham, which uh, we'll get on to later on. Next up is Arsenal in the top of the table clash. An enormous game, really is a game of the highest magnitude. Um, started terribly, if we're honest. Liverpool looked a bit shell-shocked right from the off. Arsenal had all the ball. They were dangerous. Even more frustrating, really, is the nature of the goal we conceded early on. Pretty much unmarked from a set play. Alisson looked a little unsure. Uh, just really disappointing. Dave and I, you and I were there, and uh, I remember we were, you know, kind of looking at each other, thinking like, is, "Has that really happened? You know, how have we let that happen in a game of this magnitude?" Yeah, so disappointing. It took us quite a while to fight back in that game. I felt. Um, we did eventually do that. It happens finally for us with a another brilliant Trent ball, which we actually abused as it overhit as he struck it. It looked like it was going to go behind for a goal kick. It dies when it hits the ground. Salah gets on the end of it, dribbles round Zinchenko like he's not there and sinks one right in the top corner. An amazing goal from Mo. Just one of those typical Mo Salah goals that you know we've come to be used to and we miss sorely when they're not there anymore. Uh, we, had, we had a bunch of chances to to go on and win that game. I felt like we were the dominant side as the game went on. Uh, the big one, obviously, is the breakaway that comes late in the game, almost a five on two. Uh, it's an amazing thing to watch back. I've watched this clip so many times to, to break it all down. Trent's sprint speed is just unbelievable. He's the first back of our five, he somehow passes everybody to become the one who almost claims it. He wants it. You know, he wants that chance. Salah puts it there for him. It takes the smallest unfortunate bobble. Just, I guess he just took his eye off it in that bobble and he connects quite clean, but it comes up off the bar. Really, really disappointing because I feel like that would have been a season-defining moment maybe had it happened, you know, to beat Arsenal in that huge game and really left them behind us as we go top of the league. It wasn't to be, we we remain in it. We go on to Burnley in the, the last game we played in the month. 
a, a quite difficult game, not unlike the Sheffield United one. You know, one of these stadiums where it can, if if they get their backs up, it can be really difficult for the for the visiting side. I thought we dealt with it all pretty well. I was surprised with the commentary. I don't know if you guys got the commentary, but it, it kept kind of willing Burnley to to be fighting yeah. back, and I just wanted, it was yeah. It, and I just didn't feel that at all. I thought Liverpool controlled the game really well. Especially considering the midfield we played of um, Graven, Bertelia and Endo, probably wouldn't have been any of our first pick midfield that. Um, but I thought they just they dealt with it really well. I thought we were quite commanding. Obviously, we had the two goals chalked off. Um, the first one more controversial than the second. Nunes clearly doesn't touch uh, touch the defender as Gakpo lashes it in. Uh, we got the the Nunes opener, which was let's be honest, stunning. I heard. Um, I heard it mentioned on Raw, uh, Nunes' performance being called a relief. I thought that was a really good way of putting it. Uh, that was Trev that called it called Nunes' performance a relief. I thought that was really, really good because I thought that summed it up. There was a lot about Nunes in that first half that really worked. He was active. He was dangerous. He was creating chances. He was getting around and kind of topped off by what we really wanted to see, which was a moment of the highest quality. And that, that's what that finish was. Gakpo did really well to lay it off for him in a way that he didn't have to do anything. He just had that that hit first touch. Um, but he opened his foot up, connected really powerfully, kind of in a Thierry Henry-esque way and just bent it into that corner. Really beautiful, beautiful goal that... Um, and then the game finishes with something we've sorely needed all month, which was a nice scrappy finish from a striker. And we got it from Jota on his comeback. Really great moment for him, great moment for us, because as we'll get on to later, we're going to lose our, our main man up front uh, to the AFCON. We're going to need goals from elsewhere, and maybe he's the guy to do it. So we end the month top of the league, top of our Europa League group. And into the semi-finals of the League Cup, despite the frustrations, I think we'll have to say that is a really successful month. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, I think you're right. It, I mean, it literally had everything, peaks and troughs, but we do end the month at the top of the league. That's the ultimate thing to remember. And for those that can't see the video, James's cat keeps joining in, so he looks like a Bond villain from Wish.com at times type of thing. So I'll come over to him. So, Jamesy, you are the positive one. 
are you going? Is that a positive month of December overall? I mean, at the end of the day, we're top of the league. That's the first thing that to put right. To be truthfully honest, Dave, I think like Fulham the four three, it showed guts and resilience and determination to get back. But the defending, oh my goodness, that was like schoolboy errors. If you remember a couple of the the, the the chances, especially Fulham's third goal where it got chipped in, no one was on him and the guy headed it in. Like you know, it was a it was a mistake. There was a communication mistake there. I thought that was I thought that was awful. Even going to Sheffield United, yes, we controlled the game, but it was one of those ones that it was like, right, you know, they had they had really good chances, really good chances. Then we went to Palace and it was 2-1. And again, you can't really say that we played a great game. It was by the 65th minute, a couple of subs, Harvey Elliott came on and grabbed the, the, the game by the scruff of the neck and scored an absolutely fantastic goal. Again, he's that domination of, of, of subs came on and he wanted to prove a point. So he played a really, really good, um, what am I saying here? He played a really good assistance on that. Mm. Then we go to United against, you know, the United match. Well, you know, that was terrible. Like, I will tell you something. Those first 15 minutes watching United, right, were probably the worst that I've seen um, any team playing at Anfield, and I'm being serious, I was there when um, Liverpool beat Bournemouth 9-0, and then, the, you, you know, they should have just trailed them up and down the park. In my opinion, you know, they couldn't keep the ball. The, um, at one stage, Liverpool had so many corners and they just couldn't convert. I mean, it, it got to the point and I was just like, it was very, very, very disappointing. Mm. Then obviously the West Ham game, and this is where I feel that this kind of this is where our, our December kicked in. That five one was so important because usually you take the zero zero, like the, the Man United game. There was a lot of heat on Liverpool. West Ham could have come in, they could have done a job, especially Bowen and Kudos. They're out on fire, and all of a sudden we smashed them five one. So we know there's goals in this Liverpool squad. We knew that, that we had. Jones um, stepped up. So Bosley had a terrible game against United. One of the worst in this, really bad. And his goal was fantastic. And all of a sudden, we're beating West Ham 5-1 and we go into top of the table clash. And again, we should have beat Arsenal. I think you should say that. You know, that miss at the end keeps me up at night. <laughs> but again... At least they hit the crossbar. That's the way I look at it. If you want me to put a positive spin on it, at least it didn't sky over. It hit the bar. So it was, you know, it was millimetres before we had three points and it's a different discussion. And then the Burnley game, I mean, you know, when you think about the Burnley game, we were complete control. When you look at those two, them two um, games, or sorry, to those two Goals. Uh, yeah, sorry, I've got a cat here, so you have to apologise about this. Um, I've got two goals here that were disallowed. They were, they were definitely like no matter what you say, like Nunes didn't touch him there. Like he really didn't touch him. Uh, and, and then the other one again is a bit con- controversial, but you know, at the end of the day, he got pushed. Like he actually got he got pushed offside, which I thought was you know it was inventive by the defender. But what they were saying was it was the line of sight of the goalkeeper, and they're saying that if it went into the other corner, then it would have been a goal, which I think is absolutely nonsense. But you know that's only my that's only my opinion. Yeah, it's the month you've got to break down into parts for me. I mean, if you look at those first three fixtures. 
The moral was play shit, win. That's what we were doing at the start of the Monday. We're deadly yeah. honest. We were not playing well at all, but we were winning. Union SG, let's be honest, no one really cared about. I'm sorry to everyone who travelled for that, but no one really did. It was a day out type of thing, wasn't it? Then it was the big week. We build it as that, and you can't get away from this. We looked and said, United and West Ham, sorry, United, West Ham, Arsenal at home. There's a Carabao quarter, and there's two massive, massive league games. And that's mixed, isn't it? Because if you're honest, out of the performances you'd put up, you'd probably transfer that West Ham one to another one, wouldn't you, if you're honest, for that that victory. You know, let's be completely clear on that. But there are positives in that, trying to get a bit of Jamesy. And then, yeah, I agree. We end the month with Burnley, where, but for a couple of VAR decisions, we're dominant. We are dominant. We score early. We miss wastefulness is probably a theme for the month as well, isn't it? Wastefulness still haunts us at times. But I am trying not to be two down for a month where we end it top of the table. I mean, in a weird way, Jamesy, we're top of the table. You look at them results. There might not be too many contenders for this. What was your best performance of the month for the team? Out of everything, I think it has to be Trent against Fulham. I think that really just shows and you just see the the, the relief and the, the the joy of just getting over the line because, again, that could have slipped through our fingers so much. And, again, from Trent kicking on, like he has played sublime. His balls against Arsenal, oh my goodness, I don't know what is on his feet. The And his vision is just fantastic. And, again... Just even through that whole month of December, there were so many, I can't even pick one, there were so many balls that he just played across diagonally, forward, and just his vision. But that free kick was just something special. And then imagine scoring just 93rd minute, just, you know, thinking that the game's gone and he just smashes it in. I, I would say that the Fulham game would probably be the Trent's performance. Now, you know, like, we also have to mention Van Dijk as well. When it comes to consistency through the board, he has been the consistent. He's, he's calm, he's steady, his positioning's fantastic. He's got his, his range back with his balls. He's, he's marshalling Kwanzaa when he's on. He's marshalling Gomez. He's even sent to Kanadi to push up or stay back. He's back to his very, very, very best. But to answer your question, I would say that that, that Trent would be my favourite performance of the whole month because I would have loved to have been at that game and just seen those celebrations at the end. You've seen how much it meant to those Liverpool supporters and that Liverpool team, it was brilliant. So that's what I would say, say the trend. I'm impressed there, Jamesy, because you were vibing as you do type of thing, but you still managed to get back on point. So well done on that. I mean, be interesting to see if this is different for you, Mark. The best performance? Yeah, I, I would have to have it somewhere in the West Ham game, I think. The the, the month had been, I like the way you said it before, where if you kind of break the month down, we ended the month with Arsenal, West Ham, and Burnley, which I think were all good performances, were in the previous month and actually back into November. It was really about results because we hadn't been playing very well. Uh, so the West Ham one kind of broke the back of the bad performances for me. It turned the tide a little. Um, and I think we played well, not all of the Arsenal game, but most of it. And, you know, Burnley, a hard stadium, we played pretty well, c- controlling. Uh, the West Ham one, I think, was the most complete performance of the of the month. Um, yeah, 
individually, I agree. There was some great stuff from Trent in the month. Um, really was uh, some some of the best passing, amazing goals. In fact, if you if you think through it, um, Trent obviously scored that late winner uh, in the Fulham game. He very nearly scored the winner in the United game. It just whistled past the left post, that sort of controlled effort he had. And then he should have scored the winner in the Arsenal game as well. Imagine what a month that would have been for Trent, as well as having played the assist for Salah in the Arsenal game. It was nearly, I mean, you know, even Gerard would have been uh, delighted with a month like that, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah, but favourite performance will be would be the, the West Ham game for me. Some great stuff. Uh, lovely goals, some good team goals, some individual performances that were really, really good. Uh, that that was my my favourite game in the month. See, it's interesting. I'd, I'd take both points on board, and maybe it's just me. I look at that Burnley as in I, they didn't get a shot on target. Burnley, let's be clear, we dominated that. I think literally we got an early goal again. There's there's bits of wastefulness, no doubts about it. But I also think, like James alluded to. But for some shoddy VAR decisions, I think we would have racked up a fair few goals there in all honesty. But yeah, maybe just because of the nature. And I totally say, I I totally take the argument that West Ham was, you know, arguably, you know, they dominated for more and all that. I just thought West Ham didn't turn up in that one, being deadly honest. I thought they were abject. I really did. They almost. even Curtis's like last goal, he just walks through the middle of them, doesn't he, type of thing. And there's no resistance at all. Whereas. Burnley are at least putting up a bit of a scrap. But considering what the mothers look like, considering what it could have been, lots of positives. But as we always do, and I think we both know, and well, everyone knows where this is going to go. Mark, the lowest point of the month for you? It's easy this time. It's United. Everything about it, it was it was a turgid performance. It, it lacked and everything. It lacked in intensity and quality. Uh, j- just the whole bag, even the atmosphere was was really poor. I mean, I know Jürgen had a pop at the atmosphere. Um, I, I, I sometimes think he does that more as a mind game than meaning it. You know, I sometimes think he's trying to G you up for the next one. He knows the Arsenal one's coming and how important it's going to be. And he's he's kind of playing that game. I've seen him do that quite a few times. Um, I actually think he had a point in the United one. I think it, it really was a, a poor, poor atmosphere. I think the whole thing that was wrong with the atmosphere and the performance was the same. It was it was an expectancy. I think we, the fans, expected and the atmosphere said so. I think the players expected they would just walk over them. We've had a few really easy ones, if we're honest, against United uh, at home the last few years. Um, and that was just written all over it, I think, unfortunately. And that, that translated into a, a dire performance. One of the poorest of the season. I think you'd have to put... That and maybe the the Luton draw is the, is the two games you're most disappointed with so far in the season. The the ones that we really, if it comes close in the end and we don't win it, we'll be looking at those. I think and thinking that's that's where it could have been different for us. Yeah, it did. Just even talking about this hurts a bit still, despite how long ago it was. I mean, Jamesy, even your shoulders have slumped for this one. United, the lowest point by some distance. Yeah, big time. It was very, very disappointing. And and, and it gets so frustrating because they're not a good team. And I'm not, you know, don't have my red tinted glasses on. They're not a good team. And Van Dijk had the ball and he was coming out of the fence and he was walking it out of the fence and there was no runners. And they were sitting in a low block and there was no runners. And it just it just summed up the performance. There was no intensity. Um 
the, the, the more or less the crowd were like, well, if you give us a good performance, we're going to give you a good performance. And you, you just thinking about the shots, they, they should have really, you know, tested um, but the goalkeeper didn't, you know, there were poor shots. There there was nothing there. It made them actually look good, to be fair. I think they should have just even, when they run out ideas, they should have had a plan B or a C or a D and did nothing at all. Um, and, and I was just disappointed. And, and Garnacho or whoever it was, Holland, could have went up to, and, and could have scored. They had the best like kind of chance of the match when it, when it comes down to it. So it was just very, very disappointing. It was a, it was a hard one to take. Um, but it was naivety as well. I think that we thought we were going to just completely roll them. I think we're, we're, we're looking at fours and fives nils. Fernandez wasn't playing, so we're like, right, well, they don't have a central midfield, and we're going to dictate that. And so Bosley is going to be able to dictate the right, and it just didn't happen like that. It was just a really, really poor performance. I think Diaz was extremely poor, um, and and I think Salah was extremely. Poor as well he got into the match but again you know we we look at him in an 11 out of 10 and he was probably an 8 out of 10 you know that kind of way so it's just it's a hard one to take Dave and and Mark Um, I'm still a bit slumped about it but you know yeah by the way people that's the most negative James will get a shoulder half slumped but I mean, listen, we're all in a group chat with, with lads who are good pals of ours and we had some trying to be positive and I was like what are you on that was like, you have to look at that game and be like Mark said, that just, it niggles in your craw still even now that Onana in Nets, he's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Johnny Evans, I think he's older than the three of us combined practically, isn't he? That's who they had as their centre-back. Literally, and for all the stats that people are trying to beat, like 34 shots, we didn't force Onana, bar that Van Dyke one from a corner, if you remember, where it's literally straight at him and he does it for... The Hollywood save. That's the only thing. I think there was so much wrong in that game. It, it, it's just by far the lowest point of the month. And if we're honest, I think you're right, Mark. It's probably going to be the lowest point of the, well, you hope it is anyway now, the lowest point of the season, but it's going to be a contender, whatever. So yeah, the only sort of blemish on December, but there were positives. So let's try and bring it back on track. And Jamesy, you've talked about a few. You've mentioned them. But you're going to have to pick now. Who are you giving player of the month to? Player of the month is Virgil van Dijk. Without a shadow of a doubt. I think that he's consistent. He's played absolutely fantastic. Even against United, you know, there wasn't a lot of pass marks. So I would have given Van Dijk a pass mark against United. And again, Kwanzaa, you have to remember, he's bringing him on. He's marshalling him. You can hear him talking to Kanati as well. He's just, he's he's more or less back to his best. Um, I love his ranges as well. Scored an absolutely fantastic goal. If you remember that week, the corner coming in, that volley. Again, just back to his best um, and again you know defences win leagues so you know you never know you know so <laughs> I'm going to give it to Virgil van Dijk so a clear Virgil van Dijk for James A. interesting after naming all those names hmm. Mark yeah totally agree I think uh, Trent was the other contender for me he had some really big performances in the month Um but like I said, he, he fell short on two of those big moments where maybe he could have stole the show. So it comes back to Van Dyke for me. I think I, I don't think he's back to his best. I think he's really close. I think if he was, you know, if he was a ten out of ten for the nineteen twenty season or whatever, 
He's probably a 9.5 this season so far. He's really close. Virtually flawless. I think he's playing at a level right now that is better than any defender I've ever seen in my life. And that's right now. And he's not at his peak, or not, not quite at his peak. Um, Liverpool have only conceded 16 goals in the Premier League so far this season. That's the joint best record with Arsenal, who have played a game less than us. So, you know, if they concede one tonight, we stand alone as the best defence in the league. We have the best goalie in the league. Nobody nobody doubts that. But I think the the number one factor is Van Dijk. I think he's, he's virtually unplayable as a forward. You see guys almost tripping over their feet as they, as they try and run at him. There's just a complete fear factor around that guy. And we're deservingly so, you know, that he's... He's too fast, he's too strong, he's too big, he's too smart, he's got absolutely everything. There's, you know, there's some hilarious stuff going around with Arsenal fans trying to compare Saliba and things like this. It's utter nonsense. There's not one department, any defender has anything on Van Dijk in the Premier League. Nobody is better than him at a single thing. That's how good he is. It's He's off the charts, he really is. Everyone will have their own opinion on it, but for me, Van Dijk's the best player we've had under Klopp, full stop. With, with you know, not Allison, not Salah, not Manny, not Bobby Van Dyke. Van Dyke has been for most of Klopp's tenure the best centre back in the world, if not the best centre back of all time. Mark, can I add to that? So with Van Dyke, the reason I said he's back to his best. Number one, he had a he had a career end an injury potentially could have happened. Okay, and the reason I say this is because he's so smart. His positional play is the way that he sits before like a, a defender takes him on. It's just amazing, and he's had to learn how to reposition himself because he's still fast, but he's not as fast as he used to be. So he has to think right. Well, how do I take this half yard? How do I kind of gain that? back and it's his positional play and also the thing you know Kwanzaa's going to be brilliant and he's going to be world class and the reason he's going to be world class is because he has Virgil van Dijk because he has Virgil van Dijk you know that's in the work experience in itself that's an experience that you know we go to many clubs and he'll not get because he's the best defender in the world but I would agree with you Mark I would say that Virgil van Dijk definitely It's it's actually a a phenomenon, really. He'll be 33 in the summer. And you see it when he turns on. He's still got the legs. He does. I mean, Salah at the other end, who is well-documented to take great care of himself and whatnot, he's definitely losing a little yard, you know, and they're about the same age. Van Dijk seems to be just a physical, you know, just a specimen. He's just defying uh, defying years. He's, He's amazing. He really is. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. 
we have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's it's so unreal that in a month where Mo Salah, almost to use your analogy, James, because we expect 11 out of 10, and he probably wasn't an 8. Might even have dipped to a 7 at times, if you're honest, realistically, but still has like goals. He's still you know, on 16 goals and 8 assists already, and we're not even mentioning the conversation. It's strange, isn't it? Trent as well. I mean, if you look at Trent's goals and assists in December, it is absolutely unreal, like what he's done this month in terms of making us tick at times. But I agree. Like Van Dyke, I mean, literally aerial dual success, 82%, or just shy of 82%, miles away ahead of anyone else in the Premier League. I think... The, the whole joke, as you mentioned, about like putting Saliba and Gabriel, that Arsenal fans are even trying. Christ, Canate outshone them, those two against Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's be absolutely cl- clear. Good. Like, Canate and Saliba are listening to that argument, but not Van Dyke. You know, it's just no. wasting your breath. Just you're talking the levels between like a world class and just absolute elite generational type. You you really are. And what's weird in all this? It's Van Dyke by a mile. And yet the honourable mentions category is bursting at the seams. Like, look at what Endo contributed in December. Look at how Jones came in. Look at bloody Joe Gomez and what he did across three different positions in December. And it's so close to that goal. I mean, the honourable mentions category is bursting at the seams. And even with all that said, top of the league, it's Virgil van Dijk by a country mile in December. And that's the standout. We will, we're going to need him as well as we know. But yeah unbelievable this month I mean if we turn to sort of the say off the field matters but the other stuff that talks about the big impact the big ticket material mark I mean Christ we talk about this just as City are getting Haaland and De Bruyne back we are set to lose Endo and Salah for January and we expect but we're hoping not even further I mean this is a nightmare of a question, this. How big a loss are they? And how do we, by any chance, go about covering their loss, replacing them this January coming? Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned uh, the kind of honourable mentions of the month because we almost passed over that without without giving credit to so many. Gomez is a great shout from you. Fantastic month. I'd add Simicast to that list as well. I thought he really, considering what we all thought of him, you know, really came to the party. Um, and Endo, one of the guys you mentioned, uh, again, we all had our doubts, if we're honest, I think, a few games into his Liverpool career. Didn't look like it was like he was going to be up to speed, if you will. Didn't look like that he was ever going to kind of catch up with the Premier League. And at his age, he doesn't really have time on his side to do that, you know. So it had to be a, a quick turnaround. And it, it, it kind of has been, if we're honest, um, I don't think he's perfect. I still think, you know, he was he's the kind of the B signing, if you will, in that department. But he definitely came to the party in a way that he's the only one that would call that position the six 
his favoured, you know, he's the only one in the whole squad, really. I mean, even Badgetich, this debate whether he's a six or a bit more progressive than that. Um, so to have him playing well was, a, as well as being a surprise, was just really valuable for the team. Brings something that we didn't have. Again, we've talked about Liverpool's defensive record. I, I was crediting Van Dijk for it, but there's a whole bunch of things that come together to make something like that true, you know. Tactically, individually, there's, there's so much that comes together to make a team have the best defensive record. And I think he would have to take some credit of late for, for our defensive record. Um, his loss is going to be felt, there's no doubt about that. Um, the, the, the hope has to be really that McAllister comes back in and gets fit. I tend to think had he not got injured, we wouldn't have even got this little run from Endo that we did get. You know, McAllister probably would have carried on as the six and we would never have known that Endo was ready, if you want to call him that. Um, so I think that one's, I guess, the more straightforward one as long as McAllister is fit. If he's not, it becomes quite quite complicated. I don't know where you turn. Do, do you put Jones back in there? Do you hope that Bajatic is fit? Does Sabozlai go deeper? It's... It's, tr it's tricky, that one. So we're, we're really, fingers crossed, on uh, on McAllister. The other one is unthinkable, if we're honest, uh, in a season where we're chasing everything. Salah is undoubtedly the driving force of our attack. He's the best goal scorer, the best assister, the biggest playmaker, the talisman, the one that gets the big goals in the big moments. There's, he's everything you know that a top striker should be. And losing him is a nightmare for four or five games, uh, depending on on how Egypt go in the tournament. So how do you replace the output? I guess you don't individually. I don't think anyone is capable of coming in and doing the Salah numbers. There's going to have to be some kind of collective effort from the forwards. I guess in the plus side of all of that is the forwards have been slightly misfiring and they wouldn't have to improve much to, to equal his output. You know, if we start seeing yeah. a few goals from Darwin, if we start seeing a little more from Gakpo, Elliot has shown signs of coming in there and, and potentially being able to play that wide position. His best 90-minute display was the one where he did play the more advanced role rather than the, in a midfield three. I thought he did it really well. He dropped deep. It looked better for Sabozlag too. It looked like there was a little more space for him instead of Trent and, and Salah kind of swarming that area that Sabozlag likes to play in. So I think we'll probably see Elliot play directly as the replacement. But as far as replacing the numbers, the output, it's going to have to be collective. And the big one for me is going to be Jota as far as goals are concerned. I really want Jota to come in. Sometimes Jota takes time to get going. Sometimes he goes on barren runs. We really can't afford that in this moment. Um, we need him to get around to start scoring. He looked sharp the other night, didn't he? He took his goal brilliantly that that kind of goal is the kind of goal that probably only Jota scores for us. We don't. He's quite a unique little character. He can score off both feet or with his head. Um, so ho hopefully he chips in. Darwin had a much better showing the other night. Hopefully he carries that on and takes some form forward, gets some goals. It, it, it's going to have to be across the board for me. And even midfield, you know, Sabozlai looks like he's capable of a goal. Jones has scored a couple this season. Maybe he starts carrying that into his thing and maybe even uh, McAllister himself gets a couple. Trent even too. Yeah, everyone needs to to step up this month. And gents, for our first time ever, we've actually got a shot of making this show the top of the hour, so to speak, as well. So, Jamesy, I mean, this is a, this is a big one. This is a question that everyone loves this time of the year. 
not for resolutions, but transfer talk. I mean, Simicast now is another one on the injury list, isn't he? The the collarbone, that sounds like it could be a, a long-term one, if not a season-ending one. The big question, do you think we go into the market in January? For a left-back or just in general? Anyone, Jamesy, I think people would love to hear. It's, it's a tough one, Dave. I mean, you know, notice that the Gomez can play left back. Um, you know, who do you go in? Um, there was talk of, of the Fulham left back, but I know that he signed a, a five-year contract. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a reality or if it's just whispers, right? Like, what do you do? I mean, he, is there if there's someone that comes up in the market? Absolutely. I mean, we know that Liverpool are. If there's someone there, they'll go and pull the trigger. But again, I don't think that we go and just panic buy. I think that Gomez does the the left back. Um, we've also got the the, the guy Chambers as well. Isn't that right? The, yeah. the left back as well. Yeah. And it's it's and then there's who's the guy out in Dundee? Um, he's alone. Owen Beck, yeah, Andy Robbo to come back as well, yeah. Robbo as well. So to answer your question, Dave, I don't think so. I think if there's an opportunity there, yes, but I I, I don't think so. I can't say any anyone that we're linked with, um, especially for a like for like. Oof, Jamesy quite negative. Mark, are you the same? Do you think it's a, just an opportunity but not expected? I, I actually, uh, I usually am pessimistic going into the windows, but I, I have a feeling that we might do, go for this uh, defensive backup, if you will. The reason for that is there's quite a few factors. Number one is we've lost Matip, right? So that's his season over, if not his Liverpool career over. So we find ourselves one shorter there than expected. Who would be kind of next in line for that would be Joe Gomez, you'd think. He now is probably not capable of playing centre-back because he's needed sometimes at right-back and mostly at left-back at, at just now while Simakas is gone. The other thing that I would come back to is in the summer, there was always this feeling that we needed a kind of left-sided centre-back to play left-back to, to continue in this inverted formation that we do where when Trent steps up, it becomes more of a close three. And Simicas and Robbo have both kind of shown that that doesn't really play to their to, to their skill set. They're much more kind of classic left-back marauding up the wing left-backs than, than that. So the, the, if you remember uh, Van de Ven and guys like that were all mentioned this summer, um, yeah. one of the ones that we were linked with a lot was Anasio, um, who I've seen mentioned again this week. Uh, I, I think there's something in that one, if I'm honest. He seems quite expensive, so we would be putting ourselves out there. But we've shown over the last few years with guys like Gakpo, guys like Diaz, that if we think it's the right one, we, we are willing to spend you know fairly heavily on, on bringing them in and in the January window. Um, if you're looking at a title charge and, and where we might find ourselves short over the season... I think we've got back into the stage now, particularly with the two left-back injuries, where defence is maybe the biggest worry. If, if let's say, Kanati, which isn't, you know, it's not out of the realms of possibility, falls down for a couple of months, we're going to find ourselves short. We're, we're then playing a, a kid again at centre-back, and as well as Quance has done, you know, that's asking a lot of a kid to to take a title challenge on his shoulders and play centre-back in some enormous games while we're fighting in all sorts of competitions. So 
I think it makes a bunch of sense to bring in a guy who can play left back, play centre back, allow Gomez to still be covered at right back and, and just thicken up the numbers a little bit back there. What do you think? I reckon I know Liverpool are successful or getting back to where they should be because we're going into a transfer window with that premise of we're probably a bit short, but nothing will happen. That's usually a sign that Liverpool are doing well under Jurgen Klopp. That's the sort of talk. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, the big thing is for me, Matip is, 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 is done, essentially, as much as you know we love him. I know you're a massive fan of him, James. You feel that's probably it for his Liverpool career, isn't it? It'd be more of a surprise. Joe Gomez, and I know Robbo's coming back and we could be talking mid-jam, but there's a lot of games till them as well. Is the only viable senior left-back option. It's not even his position. I just feel that, and I know people will be looking at the verve of, you don't want to limit Quanta's games or his development. I don't. I don't at all. I like seeing Jarrell Quanta. I want to give him the games. But Canate has question marks against him. Not ability at all. It's availability, isn't it, in that regard. I just feel that even if you did get like an Inacio now, the expectation of him isn't huge right now. But you have a player that can bed himself in for six months that can play left-back and centre-back. I think that is massive because it frees up your reliance on Joe Gomez, so to speak, just for now at least as well. You're not too worried, are you? If you got that done like really early, I think it also gives everyone a massive lift. Jarrell Quanta can also play on the right side of defence, as we've seen at the same time. You're also then not panicking because if you're honest now, you're not panicking, but one more... You are. Let's be honest. If there's one more injury, we are stretched. You are panicking. You know, Joe Gomez is very capable of being injured. He's covering centre-back, left-back and right-back just now. If if he's injured himself, we are in trouble. We just are. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN Make sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. So it, it's, it's now, it's the zero wiggle room 
And I don't want Liverpool to give them this issue. And I know you could say if it stays, quantity development and all that, but I do think, and it's not saying it has to be Ignacio, but someone in that breadth makes a massive difference. I really think it does, especially as City are getting players back and we seem to be getting them leaving and the injuries. But time will tell on that one. Now, Jamesy, if you answer this question with, oh, the turn race doesn't start till March with 10 games to go or anything like that, you can sling yourself and your cat out the window. But it's a big question. We talked about it last month. We said it was a big week. It's now a big month gone. Do you believe we're in the mix as real contenders? Yeah, I said this in our last podcast. I honestly do. I think that we have goals. I think we've got our defence back. Yes, there could potentially be an injury. But, you know, we were talking about um, when Salah and those away, what needs to happen is Nunez needs to step up, Diaz needs to step up, and Gakpo and all five, all four of them forwards want to start effectively scoring. So I, I think massively we're in, and also we've got goals from midfield as well. We've got Sabozdai Sbos- can score, Curtis Jones and Elliot all have a goal in them, plus McAllister loves a good shot as well. So yes, I think we're in, in, in for a title contention, yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be as much of a fight as it could be with the the cat that's on your shoulders. And basically, whatever happens now, I'm putting this video out there of that bit just for you answering that realistically. Mark, don't do your whole like, oh, it's not a race in the stat. Like, are we in this race? Of course we are. Yeah, we have to be. We're top of the league. It's Christmas. How, how could we not be in it? We're definitely in the title race. Whether you're asking, you know, do I think we can go and win it? Still have my doubts. Still think we're short in a little couple of areas. Still think City are, are going to come back really strong. Kevin De Bruyne and Haaland coming back into the team. They always just seem to put that run together kind of January onwards, don't they? They, they? they win almost every game to the end of the season. I think if we're going to win it, we're going to have to be better than we were in that first half, which is saying something because we find ourselves top. But I, th- I still think, you know, you look at the United, the Arsenal games, we didn't get over the line in a number of games where we should have. And I don't think we'll get away with that as the season goes on. We scored a lot of late goals. I wouldn't call it lucky to score a lot of late goals, but often that won't go for you. You know, that you, you can't rely on being that team always... So I think we've got to go up a level if we're going to win it, but we're definitely in it. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. We're in it. There's a lot of things now which are going to get tested, aren't they? Because the squad is quite threadbare in certain areas. Key players are leaving. Let's not pretend as well. Salah now going for a, a month and longer. You look at the opposition as in like the city. Whatever anyone says about Arsenal, and Arsenal fans have this delusion of grandeur around themselves. It's, it's City we're looking at. And even... The other night, when it was all oh, they were close to Everton, like they won. This is where City just all of a sudden you blink and they've gone on a 10 game run. So it is about can you respond? Can you stay with them in that regard? So I think we're in it. I have concerns if we are a little short in a few areas still. I think a lot of people will feel that if we're deadly honest. There's a lot of things that are not working for us at the moment and we're going to need a, a bit of luck. Like you said, we can't. You can't just go to the well every game. It doesn't work that way. It's at key moments, yes, and it gives you something, but we need to do better better overall and performance-wise as well. So, Christ, I mean, Jan, Mark, what a month coming up. I mean, literally, we'll be at that game, New Year's Day. Hopefully, it's not pissing it down like it has been the last few times, but odds, the smart odds would dictate Newcastle will be that on New Year's Day. 
the Arsenal in the FA Cup away. I mean, talk about the worst third round draw you could get, whereas I'm sure City have drawn Warrington, Netball, second 11 or whatever. We've got Fulham in the Carabao, that first leg at home. Bournemouth away, you know, dross as we would call it without wanting to, to play down Bournemouth, although it's hard to resurrect that. Fulham's second leg then in Carabao away. And Chelsea, who we'd all love to give a damn good thrash into at the end of the month. We're literally weird, isn't it? January, we play on the first day, we play on the last day. I mean, out of all of those, it's a mental schedule again, Mark. It's the one that stands out to you at all. Yeah, I, actually there isn't. I mean, if you look at the month, like you said, Bournemouth aside, those are huge games everywhere. The Newcastle and Chelsea ones are huge league games, undeniably huge league games, both at Anfield. We failed to beat Arsenal and United as we've well covered now at Anfield. We cannot fail to beat both of them at Anfield. We ha- if, if there's to be a title, those have to be both wins, both of them. Um, obviously the semi-final of the League Cup's huge that sends you to Wembley uh, you and I were lucky enough to go to, to the League Cup final in fact James I think you were at that one as well it was hell of a hell of a day out I mean really opened my eyes to you know I used to have that this kind of don't give two shits about the League Cup uh, way about me and I've changed that I really have just from having gone and experienced what it is to be there at a cup final like that and experience it is massive it means everything to watch Liverpool lift a trophy even if it is the you know the weaker of the domestic ones um, so I think that's huge the Fulham one and obviously we also had the FA Cup final that year and you know you, you while it's the start and the first one it's a huge one it's away at Arsenal if you go and win that, you kind of, you build a little bit of momentum. Sometimes I think you need a kind of momentum in in a cup run, you know, that that comes from winning big ones effectively, you know, to, to, to build that feeling of we can go and do this. Um, If you go back to, you know, likes of, I don't know, Istanbul in 2005, you know, like the Olympiacos were on the run. Sometimes it takes one on the way, you know, to, to make you believe, if you will. And, uh, you know, the Arsenal one's a little a little place we can go and do that, lay a, lay a little marker out to, for the FA Cup. Um, if you really pushed me to pick one, where where's the most important one for the month? I think I'd probably go the Newcastle one, just just to keep that pressure at the top of the league, you know, keep ourselves top of the league. Um, I think Chelsea are a weaker side than Newcastle this year, so... As far as kind of most difficult league games, the Newcastle one probably is it. Um, yeah, but closely followed by the two by the two cup games. Interesting, Jamesy. One that stands out for you at all? Anything different? Yeah, Bournemouth away. That's the one that kind of scares me the most out of the, all those fixtures. I think we'll beat Newcastle, and I think we'll beat Chelsea. Um, I, I I just can't see it going any other way. I don't think Newcastle are in great form. I think Chelsea at home, we've got something to prove. Going back to, I haven't beat Arsenal, Man United, so we've definitely got something to prove there. Um, I, I think we'll we'll get beat by um Arsenal in the FA Cup away. I'm I, I'm not worried about that. If it happens, it happens. It's just one of those things. I would rather. Um, play um, not a strong side um, be be really up for the Fulham game get a good result it has to be pretty you know handsome 3-0 4-0 I know I'm, I'm, I'm clutching there but again Fulham away is not an easy task so that's the way I'm looking at this this month Newcastle and Chelsea just they're not worrying me at all I think they'll get beat by Arsenal and then again I think we'll beat Fulham 
Bournemouth away, I'm just a bit worried about that. It depends on who's firing, who's not firing, um, and hopefully no defensive crisis in there as well. Yeah. Do you know what? Weirdly, I'm exactly the same. And probably let's hope it's not one of those months or next month where we look back and go, oh, it's you two confident dickheads that have ruined it for everyone else. But I am not too worried, weirdly, about Newcastle and Chelsea. Both are pretty abject away from home. If you look this season, Newcastle have got issues themselves. God, you wouldn't even know where to start on Chelsea's issues, would you, type of thing. So it's that. Bournemouth, by the way, are absolutely flying at the moment. Now, I know it's a while away, don't get me wrong, but they've taken 16 out of their last 18, Bournemouth. They won the other day. Solanke, the old boy, is banging them in, isn't he? So, you, you know, you know what it think of an old boy. And if you remember... We played Bournemouth last year after the United 7-0 and that was a 1-0 defeat and we were abject beyond belief. So Bournemouth, it's a small pitch as well. We've had some dark days there. Do you remember the Carriers 4-3 where we were up and then lost it as well? It's just it's just a ground with a few omens around it for us. So it is the one that I just think is, yeah, there could be a, a little worry against. And maybe, who knows, but as long as we're through to a, a Carabao Cup, like I said, I don't, I don't really give a, sounds terrible and almost hypocritical, a bit of a toss about the FA Cup. When we got Arsenal away, looking at where it was, I kind of thought anything of that's a bonus. I'm not expecting realistically, but I'm not going to ask you sort of game by game this time, Mark, realistically, but because we're pretty shit at this, let's be honest, when it comes to predicting. But where are you thinking? Give me the pitfalls. Where do you think we might not pick up maximum points or we might not progress, shall we say, in a competition? I will point out with uh, both of your predictions there, the uh, this this overthinking of uh, which is going to be the hardest game. You told me last month Sheffield was the game to watch and United and Arsenal would take care of itself. And, uh, well, they didn't. Oh, you, just to be clear, you get it wrong. The town town hall clock is right twice a day type of thing. You know, we're pretty shit at this. Let's be honest, across the board, our success ratio is pretty low. But there we go. We can be a little more obvious, though, and just say, like, the teams against... The games against the better teams, they're the hard ones, not the teams against the shitter teams. Um, you're welcome, welcome to your opinion, though. I'll... Uh, I'll stick with that. I think. I mean, if you're looking for the ones where we'll fall short, I agree. We'll lose at Arsenal. I think that's. I think we all would be pleased with anything but that. Um, just a tough game where it falls at the Emirates. Don't expect anything from that one. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty hopeful we'll we'll win the two big league games, the home ones, uh, Newcastle and Chelsea. I think yeah. I think we'll. I think we'll win. I think we'll go through to the final in the cup uh, against Fulham. So that leaves Bournemouth, and it's a tough game. They are on fire, but I expect us to go and win there. I'll be honest, I do. So I think Arsenal is the only one that, as far as being genuinely scared and not expecting a result, that's the only one. Oof, optimistic overall. Jamesy, just Arsenal you're looking at as the pitfall? Bournemouth just is sitting there and that's the only thing that kind of sort of, you know, a draw or, or loss. And I think it will, will come down to what sort of form our forwards are in when, when we kind of go to play them. I think that it's Bournemouth is the one. So I think we'll draw that match. We'll drop points. Okay, interesting. And the final question I'm going to ask you, and I, I love to throw in a surprise quite often people because... It freaks these two out, Mark, more than anything, if he's not got an agenda or he's not done his research. So I'm going to go to him first. 
which forward or which player, because it doesn't have to be a forward, is going to end as January's top scorer? Great question. Um, oh, that's tough. I think it's between two, which is Nunes and Jota. And I think I'm going to go for Darwin. I still feel like it's going to go right for Darwin sooner or later. And I'm very hopeful that the the goal there, which was a beautiful goal against Burnley, is going to kick him on. So I'm going Darwin. Which is, James will testify under oath, no doubt. Mark does not say in our group chat quite often and that praising of Nunes when he misses the chances. But hey-ho, he's gone Darwin. Jamesy, who's going to be January's top scorer? I think Nunes. I really do. I think that he he's due one. Um, Klopp's came out... Pep's came out as well, Lindor's and just saying he's a great boy. And, you know, it's just moments you can see in training. It's just a matter of time before he kicks on. And I think that January is going to be his, his month. Yeah, I was almost finished with him until the carpool karaoke and he, he just, he won me back. Uh, all ends. What a guy. Oh, he was celebrating at the end of the Burnley game. You know, doesn't even seem to know what he's doing. He's clapping away to the Jota song as if it's his own. Brilliant. What I, what, I like, what I like about him is that, yes, maybe he's not scoring, but it's the intensity and it's the passion when he puts that shirt on. And that's something that you can't have. Like, you know, you take Keita and you've never seen that passion and intensity. You know, we really just we just loved him. The first 15 minutes against Man United, he was charging Onana down. And then again, Onana made a bit of a fool of him and he backed off a wee bit. But just to have that kind of impotence, you always know that when he's on the on the game and when he's on the match, there's always something will happen. Always. I think the only person to compare him to is Gakpo, really. You know, if you're looking for who would take his shirt as the number nine. And there's a stark contrast in in the way they play and what happens around them. They're neither have scored particularly many and neither will be delighted with their season so far. But like you said, when Darwin plays, things happen. That's that's undeniable. He, he creates trouble. It's, he's got a bunch of assists this season. He's always active. He's always trying. He's always trying to break the line, get in behind. He's not scared to keep shooting. There's There's a lot to like about what he does. We all just wish he would just, you know, hit the right side of the post a few more times. And something to add as well, Diaz needs a big January, massive January, because, you know, we, we need to start asking these questions when it comes into February. Like, you know, what are we going to do with him? Because, again, at the end of the day, if he's playing um, th- that position, he has to start scoring. He has to start scoring on, on that left side, cutting in and doing a little bit more. Because, again, I think he's very wasteful. I, I, interestingly, I don't think January will be defined by Luis Diaz. That he's had his struggles and all those types of things. I think success in January is going to de- be defined by the two players we mentioned, Diogo Jota and Darwin Nunes. While Salah's away, there are second and third highest goal scorers, aren't they? With nine and eight, there are second and third highest goal scorers. The other thing to remember is, as you mentioned, Mark Darwin's involved. Darwin has eight assists. That's right up there in the top of our rankings as well. They're also, if you're honest, they're streaky players, aren't they? They tend to go on runs. Tends to be that you hope you need one of those to go and hit like eight and nine type of thing throughout the month, something like that. That's what you need for them to be successful. And the other one chips in. It does almost feel, and we shouldn't be dramatic and say, oh, it's now or never for Darwin type of thing. But... 
as you you mentioned that Trev described it as a relief. The relief now needs to turn into a bit more, doesn't it? You say go and get a few more, even if it's like assists or just contribute regularly, like lay them on the plate for Jota to finish. As we know Jota needs one of those months where it's not about how he plays, because usually the worse he plays, the more likely he is to score. It's what's the ultimate goal scoring in the column. That's the big thing we're looking at. So, yeah, I do think those are the two. I can't really split them. I'm looking at to Jota and Nunes will play a big role in defining the month of January. And ladies and gents, uh, you've been listening. like that. You have to pick one. You're not going to pick both. I thought I'd get away with this. Um, to be honest... Jota, because there will come moments for me. I think Darwin's going to be big, but there will come moments in the month where Liverpool are going to have to be clinical. They are if they want to take things. And I think you'll hope it's Jota. I'm hoping Jota in front of the goal, but time will tell on that one. Yeah, ladies and gents, if you have stayed with us to the end in a Harry Potter style, thank you very much. That was the month of December. Christ, I don't know how we managed to pack that into all of essentially an hour, but all it really leaves me to say is Thank you, James, for your vibes. Thank you, Mark, for your analysis. Thank you for the cat, just for making it difficult as well. So pass on my thanks there at the same time, gents. But that was another Red Alert for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.